Welcome to Safe Relations. I want to share a story with you before we get into this episode. Two years ago, I was sent to the 16th Annual Indian Nations Conference. The theme was called Braiding Strength, Hope, and Healing for the Path Forward. At the time, I was working for the Native American Youth and Family Center in Portland, Oregon. I was the co-located domestic violence advocate. I had the privilege and grant funding to be able to travel to Agua Caliente Reservations, or what you might know as Palm Springs, California. There, it was, at, it was there that I met national leaders in violence prevention. I attended four workshops on my first day, and each workshop was led by an indigenous woman from the land we call Minnesota. A white earth Ojibwe woman named Lisa Brenner who is a global leader in violence prevention, shared with me that every time she visits a place, she takes a moment to go to the land and ask permission while stating her intentions. The land she treats like a human being. According to her tribe's creation story, humans were the last to be created. We were created after our rivers and our trees, our plant sisters and animal friends. The reason why we were created last, Lisa shared, is because we do not need any of the gifts that were created prior to us, but we desperately need the land, the animals, our plant ancestors, in order to survive. I recognize that the root of oppression begins long ago on this land, with the murder of the Dakota 38 plus two who were ordered to be hung by Abraham Lincoln on December 26, 1862. The land that I live on and that this atrocity took place on is called Mikado, or bluish green earth. The reason why Mikado is referred to as Mankato is because someone made a spelling error and they just never fixed it. I find this interesting as we're talking about shame. In order to heal and to grow, we must admit the true history that has taken place on the land that we live on. Likely, if you're living somewhere else outside of Mikado, that land likely has some bloody history to it. I believe trauma and land, environment, mind, body, spirit, all of it is connected. All of it must be balanced in order for us to be healthy human beings. People do not like to feel uncomfortable, especially here in the Midwest. I like to call it Minnesota passive aggressive nice. It's not really nice. It's actually, I feel like, more harmful than good when people don't really talk about what's on their minds. But at the same time, I do feel that our community is unique in that we reconcile with our history and our past in order to move forward. The idea for this podcast stemmed from the feelings of shame. Shame about my journey. Shame about my disconnection to my culture. I am a proud first-generation Mexican-American indigenous woman. I'm queer, and I always knew that I was different when I was growing up. My family immigrated here to the United States, specifically Southern California, back in the 60s or late 70s. 
I watched my tias, my aunties growing up marrying white men because we were taught that if you married a white man that you would get your citizenship and that you would be taken care of. It was very confusing growing up in rural Minnesota. It is very rigid and conservative where I grew up. I want to note that I do love being in the Midwest. Even though I do wish that people were a little bit more upfront and direct with their communication, nonetheless, I still feel safe here and I really enjoy where I live. I want to circle back around to the land. Yes, we learned about the Dakota 38 in sixth grade for a week because it became a law to learn about this tragic event that took place so close to home. Even though we've discussed that once in sixth grade, when I started to listen and pay more attention to history that was not taught in schools, I started to connect my trauma and experiences to the history of the land. I feel so connected to Makado for many reasons. My daughter was born here. I have an incredible support system and group of friends that come from here. But much like Relations can show you safe relations with the land or on the land have also been a challenge. My relationship with alcohol specifically on this land has been a complicated one. I moved to Mikado at the age of 19, fresh out of the National Guard. I know, right? In January of 2007, I was home from basic and advanced training for only 13 hours and had already had a place lined up for me to move into. Growing up with pretty strict parents, very archaic and rigid rules, I was so ready to move out. I just want to warn that the next part of my story might be triggering for some. So please take a moment to decide if you'd like to listen or maybe you'd like to skip the next part. All right, so I had moved to Mankato, Mikado, in January of 2007. By March of 2007, I had been sexually assaulted by my best friend at the time's boyfriend. By August of 2007, I had been arrested three times and put in detox once. Now, I could give you excuses as to why I got in trouble. Yes, it was my trauma for my sexual assault. It's a pretty good excuse. But at the same time, making excuses just doesn't seem right. The truth of the matter is that I was shamed into believing that I was not worthy of respect, dignity, or body autonomy. By 2011, I had cycled through questionable relationships with various people. I had become addicted to alcohol and started exploring with drugs. And I lived in a culture that socialized by drinking and shamed you the next day for it. You know the passive-aggressive Minnesota nice thing? It was so bad people would text my parents to let them know that they saw me out drinking. I know people were worried about me, but they also blamed me for it. I really felt like I had no control of what I was doing. I drink so terribly to forget the cycles of now what is poverty from fines, inability to keep up with the needs that I had. I refused to talk about what happened to me. 
At this time, I wasn't aware of resources like the Committee Against Domestic Abuse or Crisis Hotlines or Advocates. I'm not sure I would have even used them if I had known about them. Not even when I was at the hospital during my eight-hour rape kit examination was I given information on advocates. It felt like an out-of-body experience, and a lot of those four years felt like I was watching from above. All right, take a moment to take a deep breath. (sighs) Release it. Maybe go outside, get some fresh air. That was kind of a lot. I also just want to take a moment to remind everyone that for this first episode, it'll be mostly me talking your ear off. My hope is that by sharing my story, other people will want to share theirs. That is where I share this platform with people who want an outlet, people who want to share their story and bring awareness to the issues that intersect us as community members. My hope is that we can uplift our communities while listening to true stories of struggle. It wasn't until I heard other stories of struggle that I became more comfortable being uncomfortable with my truth. All right, back to my drunk auntie stories. (laughs) Just kidding. But seriously, I had issues. I was a total mess and I damaged a lot of meaningful relationships that are still being affected in my life even now as a 32-year-old person. It has been a journey with exploring who I really am, but that came from being accountable. I had people in my life ready to hold me accountable. I was a sick person with an unhealthy alcohol use. I would become a different Sabrina. I like to joke that this different sick Sabrina, well, her name's actually Sabri <laughs> An angry and reckless Sabri She's real and she was tired. In the summer of 2010, I was on a break with my only long-term partner I've ever had. And I was partying a lot. Again, growing up with strict rules that made me want to be wild when I was finally on my own. I was living near the downtown area, and in Mankato, the downtown area is where all the bars are. Everyone goes there Thursday through Saturday and gets really drunk and hooks up with people. At the time, I was living off Broad Street in Divine Towers, which is actually a church that was turned into college apartments. We used to party every night after the bars in my friend's basement apartment. Now, I want to warn again that this next part of my story might be a little triggering for some. Do what you need to do. I went out one night that summer of 2010 and don't really remember stumbling home that night. I remember flashes of dancing and the after party in the basement of my best friend's apartment. I woke up the next morning to a creepy neighbor in my bed. I found out I was pregnant about eight weeks later after I had gotten back together with my ex. I conceived from an act of violence. I refused to talk about that experience with anybody because I felt shame. 
I am sometimes told by certain people that I really shouldn't talk about it, that it's not my story to tell. I understand that to a degree, but it is partially my story to tell, and it wasn't until a friend of mine pointed out that it was actually rape that took place that I was able to fully wrap my head around what had actually happened to me. Now backtrack to 2007, after my first attack, I was questioned by police officers why I was drinking while I was underage. I was also asked by police officers that were trying to take my statement that due to having marijuana in my system, I would not have a case to uh, charge my perpetrator. So fast forward to 2010, why would I ever report to police officers ever again that something like that happened to me when I was drinking? Oh yeah, shame. It takes feelings of shame, I believe, to hold yourself accountable. Safe relations with shame. I've now been on a journey since 2011 to break the unhealthy cycles and behaviors that have been passed on to me. Yoga is safe relations with my body and my mind to manage my autoimmune disease and the triggers that I experience from the assaults that I've had. Forgiving myself for past unhealthy versions of me is safe relations with my spirit. I know deep down that's not who I am. My mistakes do not define me. Connecting to my culture, or I should say reconnecting to my culture, and reconnecting with the land are safe relations with my whole being. I tell you all of this about me so that we can make mistakes together. In order to mis make mistakes together, we also have to be ready to admit them so that we can grow from them. We are like butterflies. You can half-ass apologize and not mean it. I believe when you apologize to yourself, that is where you need to start. We're going to make mistakes. Well, and that's what this is all about. How do we have safe relations with these real traumatic, awkward as hell moments? How do we hold ourselves accountable? How do we explore our connection to safe relations with land, mind, body, and spirit? I am Sabrina Mercedes. I am your fearless gatriarch, mama, tia, auntie to the underdogs, and your community member. I am here for you, and I'm ready to have these conversations. Thank you for joining me with Safe Relations, and I look forward to hearing more about what you want to talk about.